Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. We're very excited to have you listening today. What we're going to be discussing today is optimism. Now, if you haven't already, please subscribe and leave us a review if you've enjoyed listening to our podcast. Now, when we talk about optimism, there are people who are more naturally akin to optimism and people who are more naturally akin to pessimism. When we're talking about it, there's not a right or wrong thing. There's benefits and downsides to both being optimistic and pessimistic. But what we're going to be focusing on for the majority of today is what are the benefits of optimism and then how do we foster optimism? When we think about optimism versus pessimism, pessimism tends to be viewed in a negative light. Now, I do think there's benefits to pessimism, such as it helps you to identify and attempt to avoid problems. But a major part of the downside of pessimism is that it can cause you to not be willing to even try because you're viewing it as a foregone conclusion that there's going to be failure involved. And then in order to avoid that failure, you just don't try. Versus the benefit of optimism is even if you identify that failure is going to be a part of the process, you view it more as a stepping stone as opposed to the end result. And I think another benefit of optimism is that it's contagious. I was just telling Tim about one of our friends who, when she speaks, she just smiles. And you can just hear it, whether you're on a phone call, whether you're just listening to her and you can't even see her face, you can just see her smiling. And that, to me, is contagious. It makes me want to smile and be joyful. And it's the same with optimism, that the more that you are optimistic, the people around you kind of catch that. And even if maybe they don't pick it up, you can really encourage and inspire people just by being optimistic yourself. So think about the people that you're around and the people that you enjoy being with. Think about, are they mostly optimistic people and hopeful? Or do they tend to be pessimistic and complain and be Debbie Downers and point out all the bad things that could happen? Sorry to all you Debbies out there. (laughs) And then think about who you want to be. Do you want to be the kind of person that when people leave your presence, they're encouraged and inspired? Or do you want to be the type of person where people leave your presence and they just feel like, oh, man, that was a bummer. Or maybe people are scared to share ideas with you because they know that you're going to point out all the bad things or all the ways that it's not going to work or it's not going to turn out great. And I know that people say or they hide behind the guise of, well, I'm just a realist. And I think you can be a realist, but still be optimistic and hopeful. But when you look at it on a spectrum, you can still be a realist that can look on the bright side and can see the hopeful things about certain situations versus being a realist that tends to focus more on the negative side that could possibly happen. And just because things are a possibility doesn't mean that there's a high probability Yeah, I definitely would say that I think I put myself in that category where I'm more of like a realist, where I tend towards the more pessimistic side or aspect of it. But actually, very interestingly, I think over the last year, I've definitely been more open to new things. I think a while ago when we were getting ready to move, so we did a cross-country move from California to Tennessee. And in the interim, before we had moved, I was very anxious. We were going to be uprooting our business. There was a lot we were going to be changing. It was going to be uncomfortable and difficult. And I remember at a certain point, I was just kind of feeling out of control. And the reason why is because a lot of the aspects of my life were out of control at that time. 
And so then I don't know if you remember, but I had to do EMDR on me because I was like, I am freaking out. I'm super anxious. I'm really having a hard time managing all of these changes. A part of my personality aspect is I'm a little bit more closed off to new ideas or experiencing new things. And a part of that I do think is from that more natural bent towards pessimism and thinking about how things can go wrong. But then after you worked on that, that was about a year ago, I've just noticed myself much more naturally open to new things or thinking a little more positively about how things can work out better being more willing to take risks in areas where I don't think I was so naturally willing to before. And one of the things that I think is very interesting is when you listen to people who are wildly successful, all those people have been willing to take risks at some point or another in order to achieve that success. They had to kind of go against the grain or press into something that had lots of probabilities of not working out, or they fell on their face multiple times, but then they just kind of kept going And in spite of the failures, they ended up being successful in the interim. So when you're thinking about yourself and you're thinking, well, I'm a realist. Well, yeah, you do need to be a realist. You do need to have some pessimistic thought processes where you stop and you kind of really consider what could negative outcomes be. But then that shouldn't be the barrier that prevents you from moving forward. It just should be something that you use to hedge to try to avoid the negative outcomes. Even a good example of being optimistic is us doing this podcast at all right? You start off the podcast, you have nobody listening, you have never done it before, you have zero skills, but then you just keep doing it. And then all of a sudden you start getting a little more of a listener and a follower base, and then you get better along the process. And we start off this goal with, hey, we want to build this up. We want this to be something that's beneficial to our listeners, but then also beneficial to our family. And it's something that we start off without having any guarantee of a successful outcome, but just a hope that it'll be successful and a drive to continue to do it without having any guaranteed outcome. Oh, for sure. And I think I saw a big difference in you and can still see a big difference in not just when we're talking about ideas and plans and new things. I think I've seen a difference in your attitude and your life overall. And I've definitely reaped the benefits of that as well as a kid's. Yeah, and I think that negative belief system that I was operating under that was kind of revealed when we were getting ready to move of I'm not in control The control I did have was to choose to not do something because then I could prevent myself from failing. But then that oftentimes isn't going to necessarily present you with any type of good outcome as opposed to avoiding the discomfort of the failure. But then removing that negative belief system allowed me to not worry as much about something failing or not going right. And then just being able to kind of dive in, knowing that failure is a possibility, but not having to control whether something is successful or a failure. So let me just take a minute and read you the definitions. So an optimist is obviously an optimistic person. And so when you go to optimistic, it's disposed to take a favorable view of events or conditions and to expect the most favorable outcome. A realist is a person who tends to view or represent things as they really are. And a pessimist is a person who habitually sees or anticipates or is disposed to be gloomy. And so when we look at those different definitions, I think it is important to be a realist and to see things as they are. But like we were talking about a realist who's optimistic or a realist who's pessimistic. So when you're starting to look at the possibilities, do you tend to expect the possibilities of positive things happening? Or do you tend to expect that negative things are going to happen and you tend to be in that definition they said gloomy? So when I look at that, I really think of the cognitive distortions that we've talked about in the past. And really, it could be several of these cognitive distortions. 
It could be overgeneralization, where you see a single negative event as a never-ending pattern of defeat. Things like, I'll never make it, or I always fail. Or if you go on to the next cognitive distortion, it's mental filter, where you pick out a single negative detail and you obsess on it so that your vision of all reality becomes darkened. It's almost like a drop of ink that discolors an entire glass of water. And then there's also jumping to conclusions, right? The fortune teller error where you anticipate things are going to turn out badly. And I can see that pessimism fall into so many of these cognitive distortions. And so, yes, we don't want to be out of touch with reality and always be so optimistic that then we're just taking blind risks and not really being wise about things. But on the other end, you also don't want to be so pessimistic where you're constantly seeing these cognitive distortions working in your life and then you're not taking risks or trying new things or new experiences that could really benefit you and your family. So to talk a little bit about this realism and kind of more on the pessimism side and then the optimism side, uh, let's turn to some ancient wisdom in the Bible here. So Luke 14, 28 says, For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all who see it begin to mock him. So that's definitely more on the pessimistic, realistic side where it's, hey, you have to be careful. You can't just jump into something without thinking about it at all. You can't just assume something is going to work out. But then the other side of that, we have Luke 12, 25. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? So don't worry about things all the time. Don't worry about how the outcome is going to be because that worrying is not going to give you any type of benefit. Now, on the other side, being careful and consider about how things can work out, you're planning out how you want to go about doing things. And that's a good, important part of life. And this verse is not saying the opposite of that. It's saying your worrying is not going to do you any good. And so don't spend all this time and effort worrying about how things are going to go. Be optimistic and hopeful for how things are going to go. So let me share with you some other findings of the differences between optimism and pessimism. So assessing data from over 16,000 people who took their happiness tests, the psych test researchers focused on the analysis of a sample of 1,658 pessimists and 1,545 optimists. And these are some of the differences that they found. So the first thing they looked at was having a support network of people that they can rely on. And 80% of optimists, whereas for a pessimist, only 16% say that they have a support network that they can rely on. So that's a significantly drastic difference in the support network that they have. 97% of optimists say they'll eagerly take on challenges, whereas 18% of pessimists eagerly take on challenges. The next one is looking at mistakes and failures. 96% of optimists see it as a learning experience, whereas only 49% of pessimists see it as a learning experience. The next one is 71% of optimists were very satisfied with their place of employment, whereas only 13% of pessimists were very satisfied with their place of employment. And the last one was looking at depression. They found that 14% of optimists were diagnosed with or being treated for depression whereas 40% of pessimists were diagnosed with or being treated for depression. And I can even see a pessimist in their mind thinking about, oh, you know what? Well, they just, they're living in this fantasy la-la land where 
They're just thinking about all these things as being positive, but they're not actually. They're missing all of these problems. But even if they are living in this fantasy land, they're living in a fantasy land where they're happier. And isn't it something that you would want for your life to be in a place where you're happier, where you're able to enjoy life more, as opposed to, well, I know what reality is and be miserable. And I'm definitely not saying that pessimists understand what reality actually is, but I'm making the argument that even if they are correct, that their understanding of the world is making them miserable. And even if the optimists are incorrect, but they're living this happier life, which is more preferable to you. Now, I don't think that's correct. I do think a lot of times pessimists are very much overly negative. And so then they're spinning this tale of the world around them as this far more sinister, awful place and considering all the negative that's going on. And that, don't get me wrong, I think optimists can do the same in the opposite direction, but that one has much more of a positive effect on your life versus the other. Obviously, I think both have probably a little bit of a disconnect from reality and maybe something more in the center is probably what reality more is. I think a fair place to come down on optimism versus pessimism and who's more connected to reality is they're both slightly disconnected from reality in one way or the other. The actual truth is probably more somewhere in the middle between optimism and pessimism, but that there definitely seem to be more emotional benefits towards leaning more on that optimistic side. I really enjoy playing racquetball. So I remember hearing this quote, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And with that quote, I decided that I was going to take this type of mentality into playing racquetball. And I remember when I had first started off, I made this commitment to myself that no matter how hopeless it seems about me being able to make a play and get a ball, that I was always going to try as though I was going to be able to get that ball and that I was going to be able to return the shot. Now, there were definitely times when I went after the ball and it was hopeless. I just couldn't get it and I missed it and I was not able to return the shot. But after a while, I became known among the group of people that I was playing with as the guy who could pull out unbelievable saves. And the reason I got that reputation was because I always went after the ball, even when it seemed hopeless. And a lot of times I did fail. I didn't get to the ball on time. But then there were plenty of times when nobody was expecting it that I was able to pick up that shot and save the play. Now, there definitely were some times when I saw the ball, I kind of anticipated where it was going to go, and I thought I had no shot and I didn't move. And then the ball bounced in an unexpected way. And then I saw that if I had continued to move, I could have gotten that shot. Now, what's more satisfying, not going for the shot and being correct that you couldn't get the shot or going for the shot that you believed you had no chance at picking up, but then you still got to it anyways, right? Obviously, the one where it's, hey, I didn't think I had a chance at it, but I went for it anyways, and I picked it up, and oh man, that was cool. That was a lot of fun. So the thing is, pessimism is trying to avoid the hurt of failure versus optimism is trying to enjoy the success and victory. That type of thought process breathes a lot more happy than the avoidance of failure. The other thing about optimism is that there's actually health benefits to thinking about things in more of an optimistic type of way. In a study of more than 5,100 adults, researchers from the University of Illinois found that those who were the most optimistic were 76% more likely to have health scores in an ideal range. In addition, optimists had significantly better blood sugar and cholesterol levels, exercised more and had healthier body mass index and were less likely to smoke than pessimists. Now, that to me is wild about the smoking part. I would think that pessimists, if they thought about smoking, would be like, oh man, for sure, I'm going to get lung cancer, so I'm not going to smoke at all. And actually, before the podcast, we were discussing this, and I said, wow, that sounds crazy to me. And then what was your response to that, Ruth? 
Oh, I just said that I thought maybe part of the reason was pessimists have a lot more anxiety and cares and worries. And so smoking for them is a coping mechanism to kind of handle all that stress that they're experiencing. And even thinking about working out and exercise and them having better blood sugar content, it probably does come from the idea that, hey, if I just try these things, I'm going to get a good result. And so then they try these things such as exercising or managing their diet better, and then they do get these better outcomes. All right, you guys, we're going to end there for today's podcast. Today, we just want to introduce some of the differences between optimism and pessimism, as well as some of the benefits of optimism. And in the next episode, we're going to talk more about some strategies to foster optimism. So tune into the next episode. Have a great day. And remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.